Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Happy Friday, Noel. Happy Friday to you. What up? What's up? Hey, thanks for holding down the fort on Tuesday. Really appreciate that. Sorry I couldn't be with you. No problem. Did you guys do a kumbaya and build a fort? Uh, only two. So we're, uh, All right, cool, yeah, cool. Many sticks and <laughs> I don't, whatever. I'm not getting into that today. It's, yeah. uh, I can finally breathe. But um, <laughs> uh, a little bit later, we're going to have <laughs> NFL cap specialist Joel Corey on the show. So stick around for that. But first... I wanted to start off with yet another Alex Smith story. This oh one, my gosh. This one's a little bit different, though, Noel. H- hold on. Okay. Can we get to a person of like actual influence that actually had a leg injury? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I know everybody knows about this, but we... Alex Smith didn't have a leg injury? I'm, I'm confused. No, a person of importance. Fake news? <laughs> of importance. Tiger Woods. Oh, yes. I've, I've yeah. heard of that man. I mean... Talk about a leg injury. I mean, I don't know. Everybody had to have seen it at this point, but this guy's done, man. Oh, yeah. It's on, it's he's on everything. Done. Yeah. I think people have picked it up. Snapped his leg in half above the knee, but excuse me, below the knee, above the ankle, broke some toes, I think, had to put a metal rod in there. Damn, man. Well, he's not catching Jack now, that's for sure, if he ever was. Yeah. Well, he, unfortunately, he can't play the Masters every tournament, so, you know, he's kind of shit out of luck <laughs> right. there. Hey, he had the comeback with the win of the Masters. You know, I, I think it's I think it's over. He was fucked up before the leg injury anyway. I mean, this just sealed his fate. His back was done. You've been swinging a club since you were three years old, contorting your back, <laughs> coiling yourself. Your back's done. I mean, he already had fused vertebrae. I wonder if those held up in the wreck. Oof. Hey, well, one positive is he won't be worrying about his back for a little while, at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. Uh, too soon? Yeah. I hope that he uh, can at least hold on to the leg. For a while there, it didn't look good. Um, I mean, nobody wants to go out like that. No. Nah. But, oh, well. I feel bad for him, but it's, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't know oh, what to say. What are you, you don't feel bad for me? That womanizer, <laughs> he's getting his comeuppance. No, I can care yeah. less. I'm just saying, you know. When I when I watch CNN to watch like news and then I see that eight hours straight, I'm like the guy's not dead. It's okay. Like I understand the Kobe Bryant thing. Even that was a little overkill. But Tiger Woods, Jeez. well, come on. The coverage of, of Kobe that went on forever, and it was sad. Hey, trust me, it was 
terrible, but I mean, it never seemed like it was going to end. At least Tiger is Tiger. How much coverage has been on this fucking loser that we're about to talk about? Go ahead. That, that's well, a perfect segue. We're talking about this guy again. This is he's the Beltway Sports the Bros, Noel, that we're, we're supposed to talk about these things. <laughs> well, he's in the national light now. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Well, let me tell you what he had to Go say. Ahead. All right. So Alex Smith was interviewed by GQ a few days ago and said some things that kind of raised some eyebrows, I would say, mostly because Alex is, you know, usually like Switzerland, I guess, and doesn't even ever want to rock the boat. He's just always right down the middle. Collects money like him, too. <laughs> Nicely done there, Noel. Hey, he even cursed in this, which I didn't even think he had that in his vocabulary. This guy's like the squeakiest clean guy, and that he's he just said fuck it in this one. So It's cool, man. It's like interviewing with GQ or the Rolling Stone, dude. You just let loose, <laughs> douchebag. Just relax. You know, I, I didn't know he had it in him. But he did it, and I'm sure he's a little pissed off. But here are some quotes from the article with Alex Smith with GQ. Quote, when I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plans. They didn't see it, didn't want me there, didn't want me to be a part of it, didn't want me to be on the team, the roster, didn't want to give me a chance. Smith continued, they tried to put me on the pup for two weeks, then they tried to high arm me. I felt like I still hadn't had an, had my fair shake at that point. I wanted to see if I could play quarterback and play football, and I feel like I hadn't been given the opportunity yet to find that out. It's like getting this close to the end line of a marathon, and, and then they're telling you can't finish the race. It's like, fuck that. Yeah, he said it. I'm finishing this thing. At least I'm going to see if I can, end quote. So, of course, we've got a follow-up to that, because that came out a couple days ago, but mm. just earlier, late last night, the great J.P. Finley got a report. Well, what a reporter this guy is. I mean, he really gets all the Hands sources. Hands in the dirt, man. I mean, he he's just, he's it, just you know? in it. I know. So he heard from quote-unquote sources that Alex has no animosity toward the team and was talking to a GQ reporter that, quote, didn't know anything about football. Okay, so I'm not exactly sure what the reporter not knowing anything about football has to do with this, but regardless... Probably the person knows how to write, right? Or understand English. You oh, know? yeah, or, or speaks the English <laughs> language. I mean, is he denying that he said fuck it, too? Or yeah. Me no football. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, well I'm going to go ahead here. and just trash the team. Then. Anyway. I feel like a dog on a leash right now that is just, just ready to explode. Well, uh, settle down. So, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sure you have some opinions on this, so... Please, I was going to let you have the floor, and then I'll respond. (laughs) He just keeps setting me up. He keeps setting me up. And everybody, this is it. He's had everything given to him here. He fought through it. He got through the injury. Yes. How dare you? They didn't give you a chance? Dude, you had no leg. You had no leg. You were cashing that check every week, though. He was. How dare you? I'm so mad that I don't even know what to say about it. I see that. Well, you know, let me say something here, and I'm sure you'll respond to this. But, you know, the word on the street, the reason he said this was because he was he was pissed that Rivera told the media that Kyle Allen was, if he was healthy, you know, he would have done what Alex Smith did during that five and one stretch. Kind of a dickhead thing to say. He didn't have to say that. And also, apparently, it was because he didn't let him play in the playoff game. That's more debatable. But regardless... From his perspective, I'd be kind of pissed too. They just went five and one. He got you in the playoffs. He, you know, not by himself, but, you know, won the division. Rivera could have just said, when he was asked that question, just said, you know, we'll never know. Kyle Allen was, was hurt, whatever. Anything but that. 
And that was kind of pushed under the radar, swept under the rug. I mean, I'd, I'd be pissed too if I were him. And I've been in a situation where in my first staffing job, I was sitting next to a guy that had like seven, eight years of experience. I, I learned a lot from this guy. He was on the sales side. I was on the recruiting side. And I kept getting placement after placement after placement. And then all they did was say, oh, he's sitting next to that guy. That's how we got them all. I never got a handout once. And that kind of shit pisses you off. And you get no credit for anything. And when your boss is basically telling you, oh, yeah, you played great, whatever, but this guy could have done just as well. I don't know. It's kind of a dickhead thing. And you know, I'm thinking from that perspective of when your boss is just basically downplaying the success that you had, he has every right to say that. Matt, this guy's gotten every opportunity thrown at him to rebound back. There is no other football team. And if he didn't have the salary that he had, this guy would have been canned and still and still sitting at home. Of course. And that's a part of it. I'm not denying that. And he's not stupid. Believe me, he's a businessman. Otherwise, he would have retired already. And that's why he's still fighting to play, too, is to get paid. But yes, Rivera probably said that in the wrong manner. But this guy's been given opportunities. At the end of the season... When he was out there, they weren't sure until almost kickoff whether this guy could play or not. They still put him out there. He was hobbling around the field. It was a fright to everybody to watch. And he still was out there and still was able to showcase himself and did zilch. It was dangerous and it was ridiculous that he was out there. And to tell the people that he didn't get opportunities and wasn't being taken seriously, basically, is an absolute joke. No other team would have given him this kind of opportunity. He would have been on the street. Well, they didn't want to give him the opportunity. And I understand why also, because they know what he went through. It's not a matter of not giving him the opportunity. He couldn't play. You would see him out there and you could tell that there were problems. Right. Yes. His drive was there. His will to win or continue to fight on was there. But they weren't doing it because they didn't like him. He threw a wrench into the gears. What wrench? They didn't have any fucking quarterbacks anyway. It was him or you, Matt, basically at that point. <laughs> I think what he, wrench. I think what he means the wrench because the plan was to have Haskins start. You want to talk about a guy that they didn't want? <laughs> well, right. I mean, shit. Well, I think he's got a grievance. I think it's more Kyle Allen than anything else, really, because I, I've always said that Rivera's got this hard on for Kyle Allen for whatever reason. He loves the guy. And I mean, his QBR was phenomenal, actually, if you look at those four games that he played. Considerably better than Haskins or Smith. But I don't know. I just think that he probably got the feeling that, look, I've gone through all this shit to come back. Just give me a shot. And apparently they had that fateful day where he was just like, don't put me on the pup list don't end my season. Let me fucking try. And I can understand their their concern, though, on the other side, because they were there every step of the way, or at least the medical They could have put his ass on IR out the gate and said, you're done, my friend. If they didn't want him that bad, he was lingering around the field like a like a shadow, like just like like some cryptic creature, like tapping on Scrooge's bed. They allowed him to linger around. He was in boxes with Snyder here, there, and everywhere. This guy was around the whole process. The only time he wasn't there is when he was in an operating table and getting rehab. Beyond that, he was at the field, and he was ready to play, and they had him out there. Like I've said a million times, how fucking dare you? There are guys out on the street begging for change that are a hundred times better than you. And you're getting on GQ after the fact 
telling people that they didn't appreciate me enough. Eat shit. But you have to understand his uh, him. No, being upset I don't. For what Rivera said, the portion of what Rivera said was stupid. Yeah, but he still got his opportunity. You look at the body of work. He went in there, and if he looks back and looks at the opportunities that he had, and he was even forced in after the point where he played like shit and still was had the opportunities to play. When you had other quarterbacks on the team, Haskins, in games that didn't even play that bad, Rivera wasn't supportive of him in those. Well, he's yeah. just he, he just in certain situations, Rivera doesn't pat guys on the back and keeps it real to his detriment sometimes. But Alex is a big boy. Suck it up. You're not some freaking diva receiver that that should be saying that. Yeah, I'm just thinking from his side, if I was in that situation where I busted my ass to come back and know that he was by far the most successful quarterback, maybe not by the numbers, but at least by the wins, at the very least, the guy can shut his fucking mouth, Rivera, I mean, and just like, let the guy have his moment. And Alex can too. Well, Alex can too. There's no reason why he should have had that interview. And then he tried to backtrack on it. And that's why he did, because he knew it was stupid. And the fact of the matter is, Matt, I think he sees the writing on the wall that he's going to get his ass released, which he should. Well, he's already said that because he's said um i want to play somewhere he's got nothing to lose at this point and and that sucks because i've been saying for a long time he stole a lot of money from this organization a lot and we didn't see that much return from it you know what return we saw my insurance probably went up from the amount of surgeries (laughs) that this asshole had that's the return I got. Thank you, Blue Cross Blue Shield. I think the uh, team paid for it, technically Did they? speaking. Okay. But Who knows? With Snyder, you never know. <laughs> yeah, is true. He might have been on Medicaid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of Snyder, you did a great job covering the Bezos thing. Thank uh, you. But kind of locked away in that article was something very interesting that a lot of people weren't talking about at first. Lock, and it kind of locked away. It was. It's just <laughs> yeah, kind of like, no, oh, it was it. weird. And so this uh, AJ Perez guy from the website, the front office sports, which you referenced that article, right? He put out a report that John Moog, Moag, M-O-A-G. I don't know how the hell space. Mog. Mog. It's like, it's like <laughs> something out of fucking The Hobbit. <laughs> so John Moag we'll call him, who is the founder of the investment backing firm, which is handling the sale of minority stake for the Washington football team for the three minority owners that you know they're trying to get out. And that's well documented. If you remember, Snyder's claiming that one of the owners, Dwight Shar, was leading an online smear campaign from a company in India, which we have basically an entire episode on in the archives. You want to check it out? Noel pretty sure lost his mind in that one. But um, <laughs> you thought that that Alex Smith portion I did just now was crazy. Take a look back. That was in my younger days. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, so the big story in all this, though, other than Bezos, of course, is that Snyder's old buddy, none other than the great Bruce Allen exchanged 87 phone calls and talked for a total of 22 hours with this Moog guy. And on top of that, Alan and Moog were also texting and emailing back and forth, which, quote, focused on negative publicity directed at Snyder. (laughs) I'll talk on this, (laughs) if you don't mind. uh, I mean, shit, this guy, Bruce, what a snake. Right out the gate, how much money did he make from Snyder over the years, from a decade of destruction for this team? But the question I have is because Bruce is always looking out for himself, always has, always will. 
what is he getting out of this? Like a finder's fee? I mean, what? what? Maybe. Yeah. But personally, I think more than likely, he's trying to avoid getting his name dragged in the mud. Yeah. So, so he's basically spilling the beans. Maybe he's coming up with an agreement with his Moag, whatever. And yeah, saying, best like, defense is a good offense. Right. Let's get out in front of it. Right. You know? And we know Bruce is a survivor and does whatever he can to save his own ass. He's like a I roach. mean, this guy would survive a thermonuclear blast, <laughs> right. this roach. Yeah. And truthfully, if there's anybody that knows Snyder, it's this guy. And he, this Moag, <laughs> you know, he hit a home run, you know, a fucking grand slam with Bruce. The fact that he talked this much, like, how the hell? I don't think I've talked for 22 hours on the phone total in my entire life. If you really total 22 hours, let's say outside of our conversations on the podcast, right? who the hell sits on the phone for 22 fucking hours? What are you talking about? Obviously, there's a lot of detail here. And 87, was it, 87 calls as well? Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. This guy must have some dirt on Snyder. Or he just has, as usual, which Bruce does have, he has the gift of gab. Does he? No, I think when it comes to him scurrying and him coming up with bullshit, I think he's king. That's how he's gotten to where he is. He knows how to finagle things. He's a politician. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, this is another guy, we're doing two things in a row here, of guys that worked, got paid, and did absolutely nothing. And Allen is feeling like this is a revenge thing, I guess, and and justifying it in that way. But we all know, like you said, Matt, he's going into survival mode. Self-preservation, it always is. He's being proactive. He's always calculated his next move for survival. And that's mm-hmm. what he is. And that's where he's, how he's gotten to where he is. He's a politician at heart, like you said. And this guy is going to do whatever it takes, whether it throw his kids under the bus, whatever it is, in order to make sure that he comes out clean out of the other end. And yeah. that's it. It's Shawshank, man. <laughs> well, this could be really bad you know, for your king. Mr. Snyder, and all I'm, I'm telling you. Speaking of kings, Snyder's the real king, the, the or, king of kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's the king of kings. But God, I mean, Bruce Allen. What do you think that he has on Snyder? You know at this what point? pisses me off? And I saw that damn article, and it's one of the sayings that I have been using since we were the Etu Brute. We almost named the last step or the, yeah, the episode before last. That right. I know it's stupid, but I use that saying for backstabbers all the time. And then I saw that. I was like, God damn it. And everybody's going to think that I copied, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Et you've mil- you've mil- no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. These guys know in their heart of hearts, these scumbags, they know that they reach the pinnacle of where they can reach and they scam their way there like used car salesmen. And then they get there. They don't do an adequate job because they're not good at it because they bullshitted their resume their whole lives to get there. Fake it till you make it and destroy a franchise in the process. Destroy whatever whatever (laughs) occupation you're in. You've bullshitted your way to the point. You'll step on anybody to get there. And then all of a sudden, somebody after a while gets sick of the bullshit for whatever reason. They get out and they're pissed off. He can't say, hey, look, man, I had a good run. Ten years of bullshitting everybody, making a millions of fucking millions of dollars. You can't just be good with that. Nah. It's like that serial killer that goes for that one extra kill and gets caught. Like, 100 wasn't good enough for you. Had to get you had to go get sloppy and go for that 101, and now you're in jail. <laughs> well, but think about it, though. Every person that has worked for Snyder has said, 
something negative about him going out the door. I thought if this you, was about Bruce, Matt. It is about Bruce. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you think about it, really, who's the only one that hasn't said anything? His think, wife? Well, I'm sure his wife has said plenty of things, to him at least. Hey, can Bezos X say the same? <laughs> well, no, no, I don't think so. No, but really, it's Gibbs. That's it. If you think That's about it, it's a good one. It's a good one, but you know, I think he he held it together for for Mr. Gibbs. But Joe Theismann? Well, Joe Theismann doesn't have a bad thing to say about anybody. Maybe Haskins now, but that's about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know. If, if that's a direct result of him hiring bad people or or the way he treats them when they're there and then how he ousts them, because apparently he just cuts them off once he's done with them. Yeah. And this situation is a huge difference. It's kind of comparing it to our former president. Yes. People started jumping ship like crazy as soon as that. And all of a sudden people started saying shit about him, especially after the Capitol riot and everything else. And, and some of his cabinet members were leaving and talking shit. Well, they were fine during the during the gravy train. Oh, yeah. Everybody was selling their souls to whoever and didn't matter. Lies, this, that, the other, whatever. And they do that with every president that is doing things the wrong way. And they'll stay there until they can milk it until the shit falls down. So it doesn't fall on them. After right. the, the, quote, insurrection, you saw them dropping like flies, right? Yep. All this other stuff I can deal with, but that put me over the edge. Everybody goes into survival mode, Matt. Yeah. And Bruce Allen, we can't be surprised by this. Nobody is surprised by this. What happens to Daniel Snyder after this? We'll see. This guy is like a bad penny. He survives anything. You want to talk about surviving a thermonuclear blast? He's another one. Yeah. Come on, boys. <laughs> Keep coming with the information. He almost craves it. I got a question for you. After listening to your fantastic solo episode. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, if you need to take a nap or go to sleep or a nice slumber. You couldn't give me two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. But no, seriously, I, I was thinking, what if Bezos just comes in and says, fuck, all right, Snyder, this thing's worth like three and a half billion, four billion. I'm going to go ahead and give you six or seven. Just overpay the shit out of this thing. Can anybody actually say no to that? Even Dan Snyder? Yes. You think so? Because having ownership of a football team, there are 32 of them. It is a fraternity. Of course, these guys are businessmen and want to make money on their product. It's a status symbol. It's a status it. symbol, man. He gets to hang out with Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey. You look at Augusta National right? Mm -hmm. It's about status as well. If you're a member, it's not just about how much money you have. So that's part of what this is being an NFL owner. It's the stature of being an NFL owner. Snyder would just be just another billionaire on the street doing whatever the hell he does. Okay. Yeah. This is a big difference. So to me, if he really wants to be an owner of a football team and you're, you have to pry it out of his dead hands, it's going to take more than money, Matt. And that's what they're trying to do here. They know in their heart of hearts, they're going to have to take him out of Redskins Park on a fucking gurney. And that's what they're trying to do here. And he has Goodell in his back pocket, which is great for him. That's why he was able to keep the name for so damn long. They're like-minded individuals. Exactly. I mean. So now he's finally given into the pressure of that. I can only imagine how that conversation went. He said, Dan, we had a good run. It's got to happen, man. We got to do it. I held it at bay as long as I could. You held it at bay as long as we could. It's time to give in. Dan, it is time to end it. This one's for, for John. John. <laughs>
Uh, but Bezos or whomever, these guys are coming in to destroy him because they know that this is the only small window. And I'm going to say it's small. You might think it's larger, but I think it's a very small window to get this guy out. And it still won't happen unless something ridiculous comes out, even more ridiculous than already has comes out. I think Daniel Snyder has done everything and put the pieces in place with his PR department and everything else in order to get through this fire. Yeah. It's the truth. I couldn't disagree with what you had to say. Just because Bezos has created probably, I guess, the most successful company probably in this country's history or the world's history probably at this point doesn't mean he can own a football team. And I'm concerned that we're going to have to go through yet another learning curve of that. You, Mr. Billionaire, don't know jack shit about football and you need to get your ass out of the way. And not to say that Snyder has ever learned that or will ever learn that because history repeats itself with this guy. But if we're talking about Bezos, he thinks he knows pretty much everything. He's the smartest guy in the room and he'll tell you that. Hey, all billionaires are. Right. But some billionaires understand. I own a team. I don't know how to run this team. And I'm concerned that he wouldn't know. And here's one thing that I didn't add on my show that I think puts this whole thing to rest. Okay. If this is the lengths that someone is willing to go in order to eviscerate someone to take their product, that speaks volumes about the person. Whether it hire these minions, Mog and the Post <laughs> and getting Bruce Allen, this scumbag, to freaking talk to somebody for 20 hours on the phone. Whatever the reasonings are, whoever's pulling the strings on this thing, and let's just say it is Bezos, that he wants this football team so bad that he's willing to turn over every rock, turn up our every piece of shit that's on the ground in order to do it. Like I said, ain't the man for the job. Well, we'll see what happens with Bruce, you know, see what information that he gave. Hopefully, for Snyder's sake, he didn't have anything that's uh, a smoking gun, but I guess that remains to be seen. And um, we'll see. I don't know. I think that with Allen, he's a bullshitter too. That's a benefit in the public eye that a lot of people don't trust what comes out of his mouth. And he's done that to himself. So that's a benefit to Snyder as well. It's like, go ahead. You want to believe that bullshit? He's been bullshitting his whole life. So go ahead and believe him. And who knows? Maybe he'll end up perjuring himself and he'll be in jail. Everybody wanted Bruce Allen in jail anyway. Yeah, at least fired. Thank God for that. All right, so coming up after the break, Joel Corey will be on, so stick around for that. Empire. Well, let's bring in CBS sports contributor, NFL cap specialist, and the host of Inside the Cap, which you can find on all podcast platforms, Joel Corey. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Real quick, you can follow Joel on Twitter at Corey Joel, not Joel Corey, like that weirdo disc jockey, the, the whatever he is. British bodybuilding <laughs> DJ yeah. who happens to be pretty famous in the electronic dance music genre. Yeah. Man. I've actually few, I've actually fooled a couple of friends of mine uh, with that. He's <laughs> like, what did you what happened to you, Joel? I'm yeah. like, hey, I got a new hobby. I've gotten I've gotten into music. <laughs> Plus you're in Vegas too. They must they, they must think he lives out there with you or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the, yeah, the, 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 the weird thing is when I signed up for Twitter, I'm thinking I'll get Joel Corey. And I'm like, why isn't that available? It's not a common name. And I yeah. find out this dude, now he's blown up. So at least he's big now time. when someone Googles Joel Corey, I don't show up anymore. A couple right. years ago, I used to I it used is. to show it's up. True. Now it's, it's true. Now you're it's like, man, look at that. Look at that guy's abs. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> man. Yeah, I'm anonymous now. 
Yeah, he doesn't wear his shirt much at all. <laughs> I'm jealous. But, uh, of course, and also uh, your agent's takes articles on CBSSports.com. Amazing stuff. Very detailed. Look at, look at those. All insights on NFL contracts. I think you do some other contracts as well from, from time to time. But um, how are things going with you? Oh, no complaints on my end. Just uh, staying busy with the articles, the podcasts, and so forth. Absolutely. Well, before we get into our beloved Washington football team, I was curious about something You know, my, on my own. For, for people who don't know, Joel has represented guys like Shaq, Hakeem, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Keenan McCardle, Jimmy Smith, among many others, of course. But I've been actually binge-watching Ballers recently, and it kind of <laughs> gave me the idea. I, I was curious, any crazy stories as a... Not that I can probably tell for public consumption. <laughs> 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 well, leave names out. You know, yeah, is there yeah. anything you know that that you'd like to uh, share or could share? share. <laughs> so I was just leaving right. it at that. All right, <laughs> he's still under contract. It's like you know, <laughs> Man, you, go to, you go to your grave with it. Is it anything like Ballers? How about that? Can we? Can you give well, us there's that? There's one thing about Ballers which actually is incorrect. The agent on that show didn't do anything. It's that the financial advisors were the ones who were like the day-to-day point person managing the players' lives. That's the agent's job. The financial uh-huh. advisor typically doesn't have that responsibility. Because the Jason guy who was the agent, it was like, what do you do? But basically, he does a contract and that's it. <laughs> right. Are you closer to The Rock? Jerry Maguire? Or, or Ari, oh, from, Ari. Uh, <laughs> from, from Entourage? Actually, I would say... <laughs> Out of all the ones, it's more more Arliss type than anything else. If you remember that yeah. show, Arliss, yes, there yeah, there. Oh yeah, Arliss, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well, I like that show. Well, the one thing I didn't like about Jerry Maguire was that if Jerry Maguire is the point person for multiple guys, you're meeting with more than just Rod Tidwell, and the movie would have been very boring because it would have been a movie about litigation on. Who is taking what client? Who who has what ongoing percentage for the existing clients? And the movie would have been something nobody would want to watch. Yeah, ten years of litigation in the courts about <laughs> who gets who. Yeah, because I, I that lost me. I'm like, he's point person to twenty people. He takes one. I'm like, no, that's not realistic. Right. He lost me there. Yeah, so there's non competes and yeah, exactly you know, It'd right? be that yeah. type of stuff. Are they enforceable? Yeah. Until you came on, I always I thought it was all real. <laughs> Just like wrestling. Speaking of the Rock, <laughs> yeah, well, there's the Rock. <laughs> He's been known to do some wrestling, but I-, I wanted to ask you about your latest CBS Sports article. Please check it out if you haven't, like I mentioned. But you go through Dak Prescott's contract situation in Dallas, kind of compare it to Kirk Cousins' situation in Washington, which is a very comparable. Um, we all know how that turned out, of course, not well for Washington. How do you see this situation playing out with Dallas? And you know, when should we expect him to see? in the burgundy and gold because obviously he'll be going to Washington. <laughs> well, the, well, the one thing that may be different is that Cousins was indifferent to where he played. He's like, I'm going to get paid. I don't care who it is. If Dak wants to be a Cowboy, because my understanding is Cousins didn't really engage the Redskins after he got the second franchise tag. I was like, I'm going to play this out, and then whatever happens, happens. And he didn't want to go back anyway. Yeah, so right? – yeah. Dak seems to want to be there. So I don't think anything gets done before the March 9 deadline because why would he? Because you want them to put the tag on you. Actually, if they don't tag you and you're unrestricted, that would be even better. And then you are in Burgundy and Gold, most likely. Um, you think so? 
Well, if you're going to be free and it's a bidding war, you could end up, if you didn't tag me, I'd be like, you know what, buy. Right, sure. But um, the tag, second tag is basically 37.7, which gives him a tremendous amount of leverage, which is what Jerry Jones has already admitted, which was a startling uh, admission to me, because most usually you don't do that if your team goes, I don't have leverage, you do. I was, like, I, was like, right. I was like, what was that? I'm like, hey, that's music to the agent's ears. So if I represented Dak Prescott, then I'm going to rake you over the coals and I'm going to play extreme hardball if I have a client who's willing to let me do that. So I want to be the first digit in a, in a multi-year deal is going to be a four or there's nothing to discuss. And mm-hmm. you're going to basically concede every major deal point because I know that I can make $69 million over two years and be free because a third tag is like $54.3 million almost. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Basically give me what I want or run the risk of losing me. Now, if Dak had the injury scare him and he doesn't want to go through another season on the tag, that's how Dallas can take advantage of not having leverage. He wanted the big sticking point was years last year, more than anything else, five versus four. If I give you four years now, I'm essentially giving you five because I played one on the tag. So to me, if Dak is going to be consistent, you want to be under contract through 2023 last year to do that again, it's a three year deal. So Dallas has to first become comfortable with the fact that if this goes the way I think it's going to go, He's under contract for three years right. um, on, a, on a deal, not four, not five, three. So if that's still a sticking point, then this could be his farewell tour. Well, let's hope so. Matt's been begging for this Dak thing to happen just to be right. I don't even no, know if he because necessarily because I want likes him to guy. be. I do. I think he'd be a great fit for the team, but that's his main. Now, now, here's, an inter- here's one interesting thing about this. that they, Everyone expects the exclusive franchise tag again where – you can solicit offer sheets. If Dallas puts the non-exclusive tag on him, that means they would be comfortable losing him. Uh, the offer sheet, you get two first-round picks as compensation if you don't match it. So I'm expecting exclusive, but non-exclusive would kind of open the door to Dak leaving this year. Does that reduce the amount that they have to pay him? No, no, just because it's 120% of his prior year's salary. Right. It's, not, it's not the cap percentage average formula because he made so much last year. Gotcha. Um, so it's going to be the same price either way. So if they did go non-exclusive, you'd be like, hey, this is our – or it could be Dallas is like, hey, if someone wants to put an offer sheet, then we can say we had to match it to get it done and let the market determine it. Or if, some, if you're going to put an offer sheet, you're going to make it as painful for Dallas as possible if they gave him a non-exclusive, which I don't expect them to do. But for some reason they do give him the non-exclusive tag, then that's going to be adding more intrigue to the situation. Sure, sure. Well, going to the Washington side with a potential franchise tag, which I, I doubt it's going to happen, but with the sheriff situation. You, I got, mean, he's prob- you got about $38.5 million in cap room for the cap's yeah. 180, 43.5 is 185. So you have the room to do it. The only problem is it's eighteen point oh three six million for the second tag and one hundred twenty percent increase. And if you did do that, then you're setting that as the starting point for a long term deal. We've never had a fifteen million dollar per year um, right. interior offensive lineman. So either way, tag or no tag, if you want to sign him before he 
actually hits the open market, you're going to go above $15 million per year. My thing is, if I represented them, is I've incurred the risk of poor performance in major injury. I know he was on IR for three games, but came back, so no, it was a minor injury. But if I've gone this far, if you want me to forego seeing what I can get elsewhere, then you got to hit my price for me to do that at this point because there's no intervening event between now and the start of free agency where he's putting himself at risk physically. Do you think he's at the point now where he can set the guard standard for the market? Oh, yeah. there's, there's not a $15 million per year, yeah. or he'll be it. Yeah. That's what it was going to take to get it done last year, at least. It's probably right. going to be more than that. So, And it doesn't help that he was a first-team All-Pro this year oh, as yeah, well. It doesn't help so. either, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, I am concerned about Sheriff because he's always injured. I know he only missed three games this year, but he's always missing games. That's what home game roster bonuses are for. He's yeah. staying put. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm the agent, and I'm minimizing that. I'm like, hey, he, he was upright enough to be first-team All-Pro, so don't, I don't want to hear about you. Do you want to sign him or not? <laughs> Right, right. I think somebody was in cahoots on that one because I don't know if he was first team all pro, but you know. He got it, so I'm, got I'm, it. I'm using it if I'm Still, the agent. Oh, oh absolutely. Course. No, I saw him on there. I'm like, really? I, I don't know. I didn't I, I didn't I didn't see that, but the timing couldn't have been worse, I don't think. <laughs> that's, for sure. that's actually more important or more reliable than Pro Bowl because you don't have oh, yeah. sure, of course. That's yeah. even worse. Some of the Pro Bowl yeah. situations. I'm like Kyla Kyla Murray over Tom Brady. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right. Fans vote for that, so I've never right. trusted fans yeah, vote yeah. for anything. I wanted to talk to you about some surprise cuts, potentially, right? You uh, know, so I Cameron Cur- on Washington. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. Th- yeah, one one that I was thinking of, you know, because Cameron Curl stepped in for Landon uh, Collins. No, 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 I can't cut him. Can't cut him. No, Landon it, Collins. You oh, can't cut Collins because it's too cost prohibitive. He got the injury guarantee. This whole salary is injury guarantee. He can pass a physical. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. you're you're stuck with that. And, and then you already have five million of it fully guaranteed. The other seven five is fully guaranteed in the third or fifth day of the league year. Um, there's an offset, so let's say you did cut him, whatever he made elsewhere, you can recoup. But he's not going to make that much coming off of that injury. Basically, that's a next year thing. I've read that after June first, he's going to yeah, but if they cut him at yeah. seven point seven million, yeah, you have to use a posting one designation to do it. But still. He has to pass the physical for that to happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. See, this is why we have you on. You know, we can't right. just read Bleach Report and stuff, you know. <laughs> you know your stuff. That's why, that's helpful. So, sorry, yeah, Noel, he's not getting the physical cut. physical anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> so, basically, the only glaring one that's most likely going to be cut Alex with Smith, any substance seems, is Alex Smith, who, right? Who went on his Sports Earth approach with the GQR. <laughs> What's that all about? Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about Alex Smith, actually. Well, you guys are trying to upgrade a quarterback. See, I obviously don't like... The quarterbacks you have enough to talk yeah. about one of them being a starter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it that obvious or? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want—I was curious, and this is always a lot of you know. Okay, well, if he gets cut, he's fourteen point seven million after June. A, a lot of different variations of what he would well, you be. Got, you have cap room. It's, his number is twenty. It's twenty-four four. Um, I think it's thirteen six. It's thirteen six save ten eight of dead money. If you uh, do it conventionally, you got enough cap room to absorb it now. You usually use the post-June 1 designation when you don't have cap room. So you can split the cap in over two years. You'd rather have a clean cap so he's not on the books in 2022. Right. But I wanted to ask you, you brought up the uh, the Collins thing, right? That, that he has the injury designation if he can't pass a physical. What if Alex Smith just said, my leg is back to 
you know, it, where it was before. I cannot play. Would he be able to recoup that entire twenty-four million well, that he's out? Oh, okay, that, but didn't didn't he have guaranteed money guaranteed for injury? So that's just no, the guaranteed last portion. Year, last year was last, last year. Okay, guarantees. okay. It was um, 2018 through 20 were the guarantees, so he's done with guaranteed money. What got you would it. have okay. is if he got hurt in 2020 and was physically unable to perform services for the 2021 season, then injury protection under the CBA would kick in. But that is. 50% of your paragraph five salary up to 2 million. So it would, he would be capped at 2 million. Uh, okay. He has the remaining years on his contract and you potentially, you could get money in the second year where it's 30% uh, of your base salary. And I think up to like seven fifty. Um, but yeah, he's a whole different scenario than Landon Collins. That's, so why, last money- year, that's why last year was stuck, stuck on, you were stuck with them last year. Because the 2020 salary became guaranteed in 2019, so there's nothing you can do. So when when somebody has a a guaranteed contract for injury like Alex Smith had, that's only the guaranteed portion of it? Like, Well, his guarantees ran out after 2020. Now, like for Landon Collins, because he has an injury guarantee, the whole 12-5 was injury guaranteed at signing. $5 million was fully guaranteed at signing. The other 7-5 kicks in on third or fifth day, I forget which one. If you have the injury guarantee and the guy's hurt, if you can't pass a physical by the time you cut him, you're on the hook for the for the guarantee. Got it. Because that was one of the problems with Cam, Cam Chancellor's deal a couple of years ago when he hurt his neck. That there's no way he's going to pass a physical. And then they had an early vesting period for the full guarantee. So basically they were stuck for two years paying him. Which really? guys in the league should we look out for to be the, not surprise cuts, but glaring cap? Anybody who plays for the Saints. Right. <laughs> or, or the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, we're well, gonna have a couple of guys uh cut yeah. um Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Deshaun are, Jackson. I've already cut him. And Malik yeah. Jackson. So they did something interesting about with their contracts. Right before the end of the regular season, they chopped their base salaries down to two million, which becomes fully guaranteed on the second day of the league year. And they have twenty five million dollar base salaries for twenty twenty two, which becomes fully guaranteed on the second day of the league year. The reason they did that is because if you wanted to use a post one June designation, you had to make the you can't make an adjustment to the contract once the league after the last day of the regular season and then use a post June one designation. So you have to carry the guy's full salary until June second for post June one designation. So they chopped it down low so they picked up cap room by dropping what the base salaries would have been. So they'll be post June one cuts. Um Curious to see if uh, the Broncos pick up Von Miller's option. He makes $18 million. If they pick it up, $7 million is going to be fully guaranteed um, of his base That's salary. That, that seems like a lot. Yeah, for a guy who didn't play last yeah, year. Yeah, um, right. And it was coming off of a down year by his standards. So right. that'd be that would be one to watch as well. All right, let's switch roles here for a second. I know you come from the agent side, but if you were the general manager of Washington, how aggressive would you be this offseason with the cap space they have and the upcoming likelihood that the cap will increase down 22 or 23? Well, you're in a position, if you want to be big spenders in free agency, you can, because not a lot of teams have money uh, to spend, particularly in a year when first projections were about 210 pre-pandemic. The cap was 198.2. And it's going to go down to probably a best case scenario of 185. So the, 
it's going to be a buyer's market. So if there's a guy you absolutely have to have, you could go get him early, but you're going to be in a position that once the first wave of free agency ends, which is usually after 48 hours, it could be quicker this year because simple supply and demand uh, economic equation. Yeah, half the teams can't do anything. Yeah, so you can end up getting a great guy uh, for tremendous value if you are patient. Also, I expect players, because they won't get the money they would in, in a normal year, to want to do one-year deals and then try to hit the market again next year. But still, you could, if you want to, amass more talent than most teams. And you also, as I said earlier, have the room to put a second franchise tag on Sheriff if you want to. Sure. Well, you mentioned uh, bringing people in. We want to look at free agency. I feel like you chased the receiver last year, which uh, yeah, that well that didn't work. Yeah, no, I mean, well, you're from my understanding, you wanted to pay Amari Cooper more than Julio Jones, so maybe you guys are going to be in the Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay sweepstakes if they're not franchise. Yeah, that helped McLaurin. Would anybody want to come here without a quarterback, though, wide receiver wise? Uh, wide receiver may be a little more hesitant, but money talks. Yeah. With that being yeah, said, I mean, Siberia players would go there. If people paid enough money, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Washington is not been a top destination for quite some time, right? I mean, for years, ESPN will tell you we always overpay for players and all that. But we know the reality well, situation. Had that reputation from Dan Snyder's early days when right. he was paying for Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, et cetera, Those when, are they, when they were in their <laughs> mid-30s like they were in their prime. But there have been years where the Redskins haven't been really big spenders. So I think that Yeah, for a solid decade yeah, since that Bruce repu- Allen. I think that really. reputation has stuck. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I've been defending the fact that they're not big spenders for quite a quite a long time, and everybody keeps looking back at the Bruce Smith era. I'm like, give me a break, man. That was yeah, that's that dead twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, ESPN loves. Oh well, you know, they signed a Sean Jackson. Here they go again. You know, type of thing. It's like we've signed like two big guys, like jo- Josh Norman, who Josh we brought. Yeah, in that, that was also. a big one. That was a that big was a big one. one. Yeah. But that's pretty much the last one. And and we were always looking for guys on the cheap. You know, on the scrap heap the type of thing. The funny thing is, with that signing, you can thank Chris Culliver for that. When he got oh, really? when he got suspended, that voided his guarantees. So that free, he didn't have in eight, he had an eight million dollar uh, guarantee. I remember that. Which yeah, voided. What was Norman's cap number the first year? Eight million. Yeah, huh? Here, one for one. Do you think from from your circles? I'm sure you still talk to certain people. Is Washington becoming a more of a destination for agents at this point? Is there any renewed interest based off the the new leadership in place? The yeah, coaching staff definitely helps because uh, now it's not Dan Snyder as much left his own devices so far. But do people believe that? Well, it looked like it's the Ron Rivera show, and if you. <laughs> have any type of tie to Charlotte, there's been a good chance you go, you're going to end up in Washington. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but we'll see if that continues. I know there's one guy that the fan base would cringe about if it ever happened, but he said he's not closing any doors on anything at the quarterback position. I wouldn't do it, but I would be surprised if he kicks the tires on Cam Newton. What do you think he's going to ask for, Cam Newton? Is Because we were seeing the report like, Twenty million a year or something. If Cam Newton's asking for twenty million a year, he's going to be yeah. unemployed. <laughs> I was looking more of like the five million rate, like signing like a maybe two year, ten million, something like that would be reasonable. Or a one and five. I think he would do a one where he can make up to ten, 
where it's a base of like five or something before he beat right. three years. Hey, I took a shot at it. Why uh, not? Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't put himself in the best position, and obviously there were some extenuating circumstances. Tom Brady didn't look so great with that cast of characters around him um, in 2019, but Cam looked worse. Oh, uh, yeah. But still, there are other quarterbacks that I would pursue before I would go after Cam Newton. But Carolina pedigree, so maybe Curtis Samuel is where you go receiver. Who would you go with without giving away the farm like a uh, Watson or or even with Dak? Who who would be your next next one in line for a reasonable, cost-effective guy? Maybe even, even a stop. I am guy. intrigued by what happened in the playoff game. I know it's one game, and if you don't have any tape Heineke. on someone, you don't know what he could do. But – uh, Marcus Mariota could be an option. Yeah. Um, actually, what I might do is because the Saints don't have any cap room, uh, you could probably outbid them for Jameis. I know you like Jameis Winston. If he's wrong to anything from being in New Orleans, he's not throwing 30 picks again. I hope yeah. not, for oh, his God. sake. If, he, if he's learned <laughs> anything in New Orleans that I got a cannon for an arm and I can't squeeze the ball everywhere – then his decision-making has been as big as issue. Right. Because he could win you a game and lose you a game all in the same 60 minutes. But proven. also Brady coming in and winning a damn Super Bowl right after he left, I think makes him look even worse. Yeah, well, Brady's not turning the ball over. It's, oh, no, absolutely. But, I mean, I just yeah, think it James makes that gap that even no a little risk bit. It, no biscuit, no um, biscuit, yeah. Bruce Arians' mantra to the extreme. To the extreme, Because right. he was – he. He was thirty for he was thirty and thirty. Thirty touchdowns, thirty picks, five thousand wow, yards. Crazy. crazy. So I would take the flyer on him on the one year deal to see because if he can solve that problem, I don't know if he can, but Sean Payton is looks like he's gonna put him in a mix to start. And Sean Payton's been but, a pretty good judge of quarterback talent. I might go that route. <laughs> don't you think Mariota would, would fit better with Scott Turner's scheme, though, his uh, ability you know, to move. Actually, a guy who might because they seem to be looking for a quarterback who has a history with him is Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> that too. Uh, Carolina wants out of that bad from the sound of things. They yeah, want out and, from and under he, him. He's pulling the 2020-21 thing to do. I'm going to unfollow my team on social media. What, what the hell is that? Yeah, right. That's a good move. That's a solid <laughs> That's a move, move, I think. Um, well, you know, you got anything no, else? I, I'm good. This was awesome, man. Yeah, thank you, Joel. We really appreciate it. I know you got probably 38 more interviews to go today, so we're going to go ahead and. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Got to go talk to Shaq about the old times, huh? Don't want to share them here, but you'll share them with <laughs> the good old days. I, I actually read your article on the Orlando to Lakers. Oh, awesome article, man. Yeah, that was great. That was a blueprint on how not to sign a generational talent because my whole. <laughs> The take after the first conversation was, son, this is a conversation that we have with a run-of-the-mill football free agent. I'm like, this is Shaq. I'm like, Shaq. wow. <laughs> right. You must have been shocked. It, 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 they expect better yeah, rebounding out of him. Then they're bringing up, uh, well, we have to be concerned about what we have to do for Penny. You know, we're thinking, screw Penny Hardaway. I'm like, Shaq's free now. Penny ain't free. You have to do anything for Penny till next year. It was shocking. I can't believe, like, the selling that you had to do for Shaquille O'Neal. It's it's absolutely insane. Like, the reasonings behind the, the non-signing was absolutely ludicrous. Well, the it's crazy insane. thing is Miami just came right out of the box with, with, with uh, Alonzo Mourning here. Here's what you want. What do you want? Here, we'll give it to you. Right. And then we're like 
pulling teeth trying to get what we wanted. And that's what opened the door for the Lakers because all our conversations before our first phone conversation with the Magic was Orlando. And we had like endorsement things in the mix where we're thinking we're staying. Like we were going to do some joint venture restaurant in Universal City called Shaq's Place. <laughs> so we weren't thinking uh, of leaving. If you're yeah. a Magic fan, don't listen to this. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, that's yeah. gonna, oh, that's and the best thing was knowing that Shaq was a little sensitive. How about the poll? Is Shaq worth a hundred million dollars when they come when the Olympic team comes to play right. uh, an exhibition game down there? The average person doesn't think any athlete is over a hundred million dollars, particularly back then. Of course. So it was overwhelmingly that sticker known. shock at that time. So we're like, thank you very much, whoever decided to put that poll in the Orlando Sentinel. <laughs> yeah. Particularly when he's coming back in town. <laughs> How offended was Shaq over that whole thing? Yeah, he didn't like it at all. <laughs> But you could you could have put Michael Jordan in there and they'd have said no. That's that's yeah, yeah that, it seemed that way. I mean, it just was just excuse after excuse or just well, that, reasons that also not gets to. to uh, and they lost a, it. A side issue that anytime there's a monetary dispute, at least nine times or nine and a half times out of ten, with an owner and a player, the average person sides with the owner, the billionaire over the millionaire. It's it's odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like well. I'd play a game for free. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. If that was your profession, your job, you want to be paid what the market dictates for your job. Right. Well, right. Noel, Noel's one of them. He's a big Snyder fan. Oh, give Always me a defending break. Snyder. Give and me every, a break. Listen back to the old episode. He's never had a problem paying his players, though. No NFL yeah. owner has problems yeah. paying because they're all sharing the money. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing, observation. I try not to be political, but... The NFL system is a socialistic system. Absolutely. And we live in a capitalist society. Who's more likely to be a socialist? Someone who is like AOC. Right. Or Bernie Sanders type. Mm -hmm. What's the political leanings of most owners? All the way to the right. Oh, yeah. As much as you can get out of dog. It's very odd. You know, and uh, yeah, it's funny how it how it ends up that way. And that's why I was saying on my, the previous show, I was talking about Bezos potentially trying to get in on Washington. It was like how much money he has really doesn't play a factor. He could own the league with the money that he has, but still it's the way that the league used to have a yeah, lot more. The, right. <laughs> the way the league is run, you don't have to, to uh, be able to have enough money to buy the moon. Unless you do a lot of guaranteed unless you, money. Unless, unless right. there's a lot of guaranteed, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have had a whole different tra- trajectory for the past few years had someone been allowed to buy the Buffalo Bills, who shall be, who shall be named Ramos. Yeah, that's true. Yep. That's very true. But on paper, he may not have the money to buy it, buy him anyway. So it would have been <laughs> right, a point, right. possibly. <laughs> well, Joel, thank you again. We, we really appreciate the time. And again, you can follow Joel on Twitter at Corey Joel, not Joel Corey. Subscribe to his podcast, Inside the Cap. Look out for his columns on CBSSports.com. Am I missing anything? I know you're on nope. like NFL radio all the time with SiriusXM, all yeah, that you, stuff. So you pretty much covered it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Busy yeah. man over here. Thanks, Joel. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Come back anytime. Keep it in Will the do. Empire family here. We'll do. All right. Talk to you soon. You got it. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again to Joel Corey. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks again, and we will see you on Tuesday.